This is the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Once again, here's Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the second hour of your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. And joining me in studio is a good friend of the program, Democratic State Senator Rob Martwick from Chicago. Senator, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Rick, always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Again, uh, we've been talking about issues with the closing of the fall veto session, uh, three days. Uh, again, veto being uh, veto session being somewhat of a misnomer since there really aren't any vetoes to deal with. Right. Uh, but um, still a lot of things on the table. But all of this is somewhat clouded by uh, another issue of uh, ethics of uh, uh, we have Representative uh, Luis Arroyo, who uh, on the opening of veto session, while you all were in Springfield, he was in federal court uh, on uh, bribery charges. The governor uh, at a Democratic, uh, Cook County Democratic Party cocktail fundraiser at the Hilton uh, basically said, you know, shame on us. We got to clean up our act. Um, it was kind of hard to hear him because it was a cocktail party. Yeah, not a lot of people were listening. Uh, is anybody listening in Springfield? Um, I, I think we are. It, it certainly is uh, the talk amongst the legislature about what's been going on, the the situations that some of our colleagues. And I say that term loosely. You almost hate to admit that they're your colleagues have been uh, engaging in uh, it, it. It's it. You know, when these sorts of scandals break, um, bribery and and self dealing and extortion, it, it 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 casts a pall upon the entire. Uh, legislative process and and democracy it it really erodes trust in people that government is is actually working for them and it's so horrible and i understand what governor pritzker's angst is because i share it it comes on the heels of a monumental year where after four years of gridlock we made so much progress and then to taint it to just when when you're just bringing it across the goal line to taint it with these scandals, it's an awful feeling. So I know that people in Springfield are interested. I think that this, um, you know, the the low hanging fruit, the easy one, is this idea that uh, elected officials can lobby another form of government that's not the one that they serve on. So legislators supposedly lobbying the city council or the county board uh, or county board members coming down and lo- lobbying the the legislature that is that makes no sense whatsoever that that is permitted it makes no sense whatsoever that's permitted and i think we will address that at a minimum yes i mean i i because there are other issues here too that you know republicans have uh, talked about a package that includes uh, expanding the information in economic disclosure forms that's a good one too uh you know um I, i've a long uh, <laughs> i got into a, a, an issue where a, a reporter uh pointed out that i had missed something on a disclosure form and i i tried to point out most of the people that have to fill these out don't even know what they're asking for right we have to sit mm-hmm. down with lawyers and go what does this mean um economic disclosure forms should be simple and they should be easy to read and if, if the legislators don't understand what they're supposed to be putting in them how is a citizen the whole point of disclosure is that a citizen can look it up and say let me see what his conflicts of interest might be or his financial interests are it should be easy and digestible for them to read as well 
So you think we will do something? Or I hope is it, so. Or is I, it- I, yeah, and oh, I believe that we will. I mean, there is a, a strong will in the legislature, especially. Well, I think there's a desire to try to get out in front of some of this, as you yeah. as you mentioned. Right. You know, Democrats own they own Springfield. Right. And after what you had with that legislative session, and you know, from and, and you hear you have a capital bill. Everybody was singing the praise of capital bill, and then you have the Senate Transportation Committee chairman uh, under invest- federal investigation. Um, I, I mean, I even asked Pritzker if this was uh, concerns about uh, the the vote on the progressive income tax. If that that if there isn't a fear there of this kind of stuff tainting because certainly republicans and, op- and opponents are going to portray it as okay this is this means three and a half billion dollars in additional tax revenue going to springfield you going to trust these guys yeah well and i'm i'm sure look the the opposition to the uh to the fair taxes well they'll look they'll yeah. they'll they'll use anything they can to beat it so i won't be surprised that's part of politics um but what I would say is that uh, it's definitely a concern, right? It's definitely a concern, um, but it is not. Uh, it is not one party that owns this problem. It's both parties. Um, certainly, the people who have been under scrutiny have come from uh, my party. But in, and it's not a horrible thing. In the, the the nature of the legislature is we deal with problems when they're a problem. Right. So when ethics is not, you know, when when we're just going along and nobody's in trouble and, and you know, who, who knows? I mean, I don't know what Louis Arroyo is doing, didn't know what he was doing, wasn't aware that he was so tied in with these companies and and acting on behalf of them. Um, and, and so when the the enforcement arm of our government comes and says, hey, these guys are cheating, they're doing something wrong. Well, then it's a problem. And now we know to address it. And I think that we will get to that work and, and pass some legislation. I, I, I know I'll be working on it. But now we have this issue of picking his successor. Yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. And he's called the meeting because right. he has the weighted vote of the as committeeman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cook County Democratic Executive Committee said step down. Clear he's not stepping down. Yeah. It's a, it's a real problem. So, I mean, the law says that um, when a, a legislative seat is vacant, that the the committeeman from the party that the person who just left is from, so in this case, Louis Arroyo is a Democrat, then they, they meet and they cast a weighted vote to appoint his replacement. Um, and in this instance, he's not only the disgraced former state representative accused of bribery, he's also the Democratic committeeman who has the largest chunk of votes to appoint his replacement. And that's a real problem. Um, you know, there are lots of uh, proposals that are being offered. Uh, the bottom line is there is no easy answer to how you fix the uh, the the oh, f- filling an open seat. I just went through that process. I was appointed to fill right. an open Senate seat. Um, you know, people say, "Well, you should have a special election." Can you imagine in the Northwest Side we that we just had a special election for my seat, the Senate seat, because we didn't want to make an appointment there? And then a couple months later, oh, we got to hurry up and have another special election. The cost. Um, the fact that it, it would really diminish the democratic process. I'm not saying that the appointment doesn't, 
but no one's going to come out and vote in these things. So you're going to have a very small handful of people choosing a, a, an elected official at an extremely high cost. So there are no easy answers, but definitely this appointment process is problematic in this instance. Um, well, we, in this instance, I mean, you've said you, you're not going to participate. Yeah, and and so the way I'm doing this and, and what I mean is... So, yeah, that's why I'm asking. So Yeah, what, so I've, I've had many conversations with my fellow Democratic committeemen in this district, and uh, I am doing my best to convince them, and I believe that, that we will have a consensus, I hope, uh, uh, the meeting is coming up this Friday, um, that if he participates, we all walk out of the room, right? Um, if he's there and he says he's going to cast votes, we all walk away, because he doesn't have the 50, he has the largest chunk, but he doesn't have 50% plus one, and he can't make an appointment without it. Um, we believe that he should, I believe, and I'm, I'm working on convincing my colleagues, that he should not participate in this process, uh, especially given the nature of the charges against him, that they're directly related to his service as a state representative. He should not handpick his successor. I've heard, well, that disenfranchises his voters. And I say, yes, but I didn't do that. He did that. He made this choice. And so uh, we were talking beforehand about how Blagojevich appointed Roland Burris, and it was this temporary placeholder until the election. There's much talk that maybe that's what needs to get done. We put someone in who serves for the next year, can serve that district under the agreement that they don't run, and that in the primary, which comes up in March just March in a few months, right. um, then the electorate can choose amongst the candidates who are filing, and there are many. So, Is there a placeholder out there? I don't know. I mean, you know, that's... I know, I think, it's a speculative right. thing. And right everyone, uh, the candidates who come out, um, you know, the, the, there's a million of them. I don't think anyone really intends to say, oh, I'll just do it for a year and then I'll go away, right? Um, so it would be a different conversation to say, would you be willing to serve for a year, but agree not to run so that there can be an open election process and you're not given an unfair advantage by having been appointed. We're speaking with State Senator Rob Martwick. I'm still getting used to saying that. State Senator Rob Martwick, Democrat from Chicago. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson with the Chicago Tribune. Here in the WGN Skyline studio with Democratic State Senator Rob Martwick. We're talking about uh, local issues, obviously, mm. but uh, let's let's talk about uh, the resuming of the session. One of the things I was curious about was after the teachers' strike here in Chicago, longer than a lot of people wanted it to be, but I was curious because for years you have been an advocate of having an elected school board in Chicago. Chicago is the only school system, public school system in the state that does not have an elected board of education. Part of the 1995 changes enacted by a Republican legislature and a Republican governor at the request of Mayor Daley. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you've long advocated this. Is there a better chance now that, I mean, it's passed the House when you were a House member. Yeah. It's passed the House again. Uh, now you're a senator. Uh, that's always been the roadblock. Yeah. Um, four times. The last time it passed with 110 votes. I'm glad you're counting. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is widespread support, bipartisan support, uh, Chicago support, suburban support, downstate support, rural support. Like, everyone believes that this is the right path forward for the Chicago Public Schools. I, I, obviously, in the past couple of 
people who have greater influence than the rest of us in the legislature have been able to bottle that up. Um, certain mayors. Certain mayors, yes. And, um, and including... Um, you know, Mayor Lightfoot, when she first came in, said, no, hold that bill up. And she stopped that bill's progress in the Senate. Uh, Senate President Cullerton said, I stopped the bill's progress at the request of the mayor. He admitted it, right? So, um, and these things happen. Um, she's a new mayor. She wants to weigh in on the process. I, I respect that. Uh, but as a result of the strike, as part of the negotiations of the strike, um, the C- Chicago Teachers Union accepted a longer contract they wanted a shorter contract they accepted a longer contract with less of a raise in it and they said but you you have to release your brick off of the elected school board bill and uh she agreed to that and there were statements from both the speaker which he hasn't been a problem he's always supported it and the senate president suggesting that uh in the spring session that the the bill for an elected representative school board will get the full legislative process it won't get tucked away in a committee to die um it will go through a full hearing process and should it pass at the committees it will get votes in both chambers and head to the governor's desk which i I don't see how that doesn't happen given the support that there is for it what about and 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 you know certainly it's not an issue or or, or a, a concern as some might say that you haven't heard about just you know that this would be a union controlled board uh you know that's all of those concerns have uh, been brought up and you know the the one thing is is that as you mentioned i've been working on it for five years on the elected school board bill and um when we crafted the structure of the bill it was designed to address concerns that people had right i didn't just say i didn't just pull some random structure out of my head i didn't say one size fits all and and make it the same structure as all the other school boards in the state i created a special uh structure that would hopefully deal with that issue um influence of outside money on elections is always a concern but especially in this this was the number one concern i heard is how do we make sure that we limit the influence of money on these elections and as far as I was concerned, uh, the best way to do that is by not creating an elected school board, but an elected representative school board where the school board representatives are elected from drawn districts in the area. And the smaller you draw the district, hence the more representatives you have on the board, the less the influence of money and the more important it is that you're engaged and involved in your community and your neighbors know you and you can go out and knock on doors. The bigger the district, the less you have the ability to go out and knock on doors, the less people are going to know you and the more important the influence of money. And that's why we came up with uh, 20 school board members. And I've heard a lot of concern about that. The mayor's voice concerned that it would be too unwieldy. But to me, it's I think that's where the discussion is going to lie in the spring is what are the issues you really want to address? And if you don't like the way I'm addressing them, what's your what's your your idea for addressing that problem? Mine was very simple. Make it make small districts and let people be involved in their schools, involved in their LSCs and PTAs, know their neighbors, knock on doors, and that makes money a lot less influential. That's for spring. That'll uh, be in the spring session, yeah. For the next few days, we have some Chicago issues. We sure do. Um, uh, now, uh, your colleague uh, in the House, Bob Rita, said he could he could probably support the authorization for the council to enact the real estate graduated real estate transfer tax. Um, I'm not sure I hear a lot of support for that, and we've of course seen members of the progressive 
more progressive faction of House Democrats from the city stating their opposition that uh, originally the mayor had talked about money for uh, a variety of issues uh, coming from this transfer tax, none of which would be there under her budget proposal. Right. Um, does this get done? I don't know. I mean, it. you know, typically these things, you it's they're more binary right so right. the the people that whose ox is going to get gored are the people that are opposed to it so typically we would see the realtors and the business community be opposed to this higher tax structure that, that you know them coming from the right end of the spectrum when you turn around and you see that not only they are opposing it but the chicago coalition for the homeless is opposing it on the left um that that means it's going to be a little bit more different when you're fighting on two fronts um you know, I, I've talked to the city of Chicago. Um, I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. I suppose we'll have some conversations about that this week. Uh, but I would be willing to certainly allow the city council the authorization to make that decision. The city of Chicago has got profound financial problems, and they need tools to be able to get out of their problems. I won't deny them the tools, but I, I think that politically they're going to have to answer to their business community and they're going to have to answer to the homeless community who was promised so much out of this initiative. That's Democratic State Senator Rob Martwick, Democrat from Chicago. Senator, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank, always a pleasure, Rick.